Welcome to Savvy Money Talks. I am so excited to bring this podcast to you, where we break down barriers and normalize women talking openly about money, investing, and wealth. I am Kara, your host and financially savvy BFF, and my mission is to bring financial education and financial literacy to millions of women across the globe. I'm here to empower you to create your version of financial freedom and independence, whatever that looks like to you. Not to have money for money's sake, but for the choice and freedom it provides you, your family and your loved ones. We'll dive deep into the topics that will empower you on your journey to financial independence. We'll explore the transformative power of understanding your beliefs and attitudes towards money so you can break free from limitations and create a mindset of abundance. Get ready for insightful discussions and financial education about managing and investing money more effectively to help you take charge of your financial future. Hello and welcome back to Savvy Money Talks, the show where we break down barriers and normalize women talking openly about money, investing and wealth. Today, I am bringing you insights honed from over a decade in the finance industry and I'm sharing the six key lessons that I've learned along the way. From years of seeing financial planning clients. So here we go. First of all, it's not always about how much money you earn, it's about your ability to retain that money and more importantly, make that money multiply through multiple sources of income. It's not always about how much money you earn or what your income is, it's about what you do with that. Whilst obviously your income is important and the higher your income, the easiest it'll be to invest more and create passive income. But this only holds true if you actually invest those funds and don't allow lifestyle creep to take over. I saw so many clients with high incomes who were spending all of that income when they came to see me. And it actually has a double whammy effect because you become accustomed to spending more which means you need to have more invested to be able to sustain that level of income. The person earning 100 grand a year and investing 10% of that is going to create more wealth and generate more passive income than the person earning 200 grand a year and spending all of it. It's so easy to get into that pattern of spending more as you earn more, which is why instilling the good habits right now is super important. If you're already used to investing a certain percentage of your income, it's way easier to maintain or even increase as your income grows. So sure, income is important, it matters, it's not the be all and end all, and more importantly, what you do with that income and how much of it you save and invest is what's really gonna make the difference. Lesson number two. Those who define what success and financial freedom means to them and then rigorously say no to everything else, create financial freedom quicker. Have you ever sat down to think about what success actually looks like to you? Like really looks like, not what's on Instagram, not what your partner, family, friends, society, whoever else thinks it should be, but what resonates with your heart and your soul. We're conditioned to believe that having a job is safer, that we need to live a certain way to be successful. We need to finish school, go to university, get a good job and buy a house. You know the drill, all those things. But often success looks different to everybody. If you're unknowingly chasing someone else's dream, or worse, knowingly chasing someone else's dream, you're going to end up trying to keep up with the Kardashians when you don't actually value those things. Having clarity on what success looks like to you means that you can be more intentional with your money. 
And by intentional, I mean directing it to things that you value. And if financial freedom and choice and independence is important to you and you value that, then you need to be allocating some funds to investing to support that. If you value health and wellness, then intentionally allocating funds to that rather than being on autopilot and not knowing where your money's going, the intentionality of this is so important. Knowing your version of success and what your values are, it really does enable you to align your spending with that. And it empowers you to channel your resources towards what truly matters. Is it safety and security that you value? Or freedom and independence? Or maybe it's a combination of both. Is health and wellness and travel important to you? Spending time with family and friends and having deep connections. This all informs your version of success and ultimately how much money you need invested to generate the level of income to support this. Once this is crystal clear, it becomes so much easier to stay on track with investing and create the financial freedom to enable this. My clients who were very clear on this, who were very clear on their financial goals, were way more likely to stick to the plan than those that had a vague goal, a vague idea of where they were heading because other competing priorities would always come to the forefront. Lesson number three, people who are organized and prepared practically to take action when opportunities present themselves will catapult their results. If you've ever missed out on an opportunity because you didn't have your ducks in a row, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying here. Being organized is a necessity. And by being organized, I mean knowing your numbers, knowing your borrowing capacity, having criteria around your own personal investment philosophies. This is what gives you a solid foundation and it enhances your decision-making capabilities because you know what ranges you need to work within. You know how much money you can borrow. You know how much you can offer on a house. You know how much you can invest each month. And it allows you to take action when opportunities present themselves rather than then having to go back and figure out all that stuff and then the opportunity has passed. Knowing your numbers and your cash flow means that you can confidently invest knowing you don't need access to those funds for seven plus years. It applies to investing in shares or exchange traded funds and it's even more important when investing in property. Because the majority of people need to take out debt in order to do so. And you then have an obligation, regardless of how well that property performs, to repay that debt and to make those repayments. Knowing your investment philosophies also helps to keep you on track. To give you an example of investment philosophies, one of mine is that no new single investment can make up more than 25% of my overall net worth. One of the things that I believe is so important is diversification, which I've talked about in another episode. Go have a listen if you haven't yet. And investing more than 25% in a single investment significantly reduces your diversification. You'll notice I said new investment. When the property I was living in became my investment property, that made up and still does make up a lot more than 25% of my portfolio but I made a conscious decision to bring that allocation down by investing in other assets rather than selling. But I know the importance of liquidity. I know the importance of diversification. So I won't go and add more new property to my portfolio 
because that's going to make it even more than 25% of it. Lesson number four. The above only works if you're able to regulate your emotions so you don't make rash decisions without conducting appropriate due diligence. When I was financial planning, a huge part of my job was reassuring my clients and helping them stick to the plan when markets weren't performing well. Even though we'd had countless conversations, it's easy to say you won't make changes when the market falls and it's much harder to actually not make changes. One of the reasons for this is that loss aversion is real. We feel the pain of losses way more strongly than the pleasure of gains. It's why it's so important to train ourselves to regulate our emotions around this. One way to do this is through financial education. And there's other things that you can put in place, like not being able to make transactions from your mobile phone, putting a, a measure in place where you don't act for 48 hours. This is where, again, your investment philosophy comes into place and can be really important. So just another example, if you make a switch, an investment switch in your superannuation, you are selling something and buying something else. So if you switch from a balanced investment option and you buy cash, you are selling all of the assets in that balanced investment option. So that's likely to be domestic and international equities or shares, likely some property and infrastructure, as well as cash and fixed interest. And so if you put that all in cash, then you have crystallized the loss, which means you have sold it and taken that loss. You also miss the opportunity of the benefit of the market going back up when it does. This is what I mean by making changes or decisions based on market movements in a reactive manner. The same applies to any shares or ETFs that you own in your own name. Now, sometimes we're dollar cost averaging and the same applies if you stop contributing. Because in actual fact, when you're dollar cost averaging and when you're accumulating funds and wealth and you're not drawing down on that yet, then the market falling is actually beneficial to you because you're buying those units at a lower cost. So it's actually the perfect time for you to be dollar cost average into your portfolio. When we're investing for the long term, and by long term, I'm always talking in decades, short term fluctuations don't actually matter. So it's really good to focus on the average long-term returns because they help us stay more balanced in our decision-making when markets fall. Automating your investments and then only checking them quarterly can be a great idea as then you don't constantly see the ups and downs and the volatility of the market. The other part of this is knowing yourself and your money story, understanding your relationship with money and your financial behaviors. Your thoughts, beliefs, patterns, and emotions around money matter so much more than you think. Understanding this means you can put measures in place to support your long-term financial goals. Knowing yourself and how much money you want to have in your day-to-day -day emergency fund and also the fund that allows you to take advantage of positive opportunities, you know, that trip that you want to take. It allows you to live life right now. Knowing what those numbers are to make you feel comfortable will mean that you're less concerned with the market volatility because you know 
that that money is invested is for the future and you've got your short to medium term plans looked after. Lesson number five, people that surround themselves with a network of trusted advisors and experts both learn quicker and are exposed to different opportunities. Sit at the table with people that are where you want to be. When we immerse ourselves in a topic, we learn a lot quicker. We up-level our financial thermostat and it opens our eyes to things we never thought were possible. Think about it. Have you ever had a conversation with someone where you're like, wow, I didn't even realize that that was possible. I didn't even realize that people I know earn that amount of money. I didn't realize that you're able to live off passive income. I didn't realize that this was possible. Don't sit at tables where you're the smartest person. Sit at tables where you can contribute, yes, but also learn from others. Have conversations with a variety of different people, ideally who have done what you want to do, as well as doing your own independent research. Lesson number six, if it looks too good to be true and the masses are following it, it probably is too good to be true. Don't let common sense and due diligence go out the window. Double check everything. Don't just take someone's word for it. If the returns are way higher than what you're seeing elsewhere, dig deeper to understand why. Is there a genuine reason for it or is it marketing spill? This is where your personal investment philosophy can come in handy. It brings you back to your why, your version of success and what you set out to achieve. And there you have it, six invaluable lessons from over a decade in the finance industry. Whether it's creating good saving and investment habits whilst you're increasing your income, defining your own version of success and the amount of money you need to fund that, being organized so you can take opportunities as they arise whilst keeping your emotions in check, surrounding yourself with a trusted network of people and not getting caught up in the next big thing. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd have, I'd absolutely love it if you would be able to subscribe and share it with your friends. It would mean the world to me if you take a screenshot and share it on your IG story. Be sure to tag me so I can thank you. The information shared on the Savvy Money Talks podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. It's for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make financial or investment decisions. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the PDS, TMD and obtain appropriate financial and tax advice tailored towards your needs.